Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again Thursday morning. It's when we do this. It's May. We're moving on into just about the last phase of the offseason before the lull, then into training camp. We've got OTA is really kicking it off next week. Rookie minicamp just happened this past weekend. There's still stuff to talk about, but you know what? I'm not going to talk about this this week. I'm going to let that all go. We've got a long enough show already, I promise you, because you're going to get that stuff covered with all the other podcasts. And trust me, we've got lots of podcasts out there for you. Make sure you're checking out Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Make sure you're checking out Jeffrey Benedict's uh, from the cutting room floor on Tuesdays. Make sure you're checking up the checking out the entire noon lineup between bad language, draft fix, uh, war room, what Yin's talking about. Here we go, the Steeler show. Then we've got on the weekend the Power Half Hour. That's all our audio shows, and that's not even the YouTube shows. That's not even the YouTube shows. We've got eight YouTube shows coming at you each week, one a day, with the exception of Saturday. So instead we give you two on Friday night and two on Sunday. So make sure you're checking all that out and they're going to cover all that stuff. Great. But we're not doing that today. That's not going to happen because I teased it last week that I had a possible interview coming in and guess what? We've got it. We've got some great geeky, nerdy number stuff, fantastic things to talk about with the NFL and how you can analyze it. So today I have Adam Petrus from Zebra Sports to talk some zebra technology. This place, okay, this is great. You all are going to love this because Zebra recently completed its eighth year as the official on-field player tracking provider for the NFL, powering the league's next-gen stats platform. That means when you see those crazy next-gen stats numbers, this is the technology used to produce those. Along with that, they've also been the exclusive player and ball tracking provider for the Senior Bowl since 2018. So this is pretty exciting that we can really get into some good geeky numbers. So Adam, how's it going today? Dave, I'm doing great. I am excited to be here talking to the Steeler Nation. I've got to mention it. My wife was born in Pittsburgh, uh, yeah. so I, I have a side of the family that is nothing but terrible towels and uh, Steeler fans. And then you need to know, I was born and raised in Cleveland. So, um, you know, I, I, the Steelers... You, man. I, anyone that can be raised there and, and, and still turn out all right, that's, that's pretty good. Well, I live down in Jacksonville Beach now, so okay. um, hey, I don't miss the winters. Um, and you know, born and raised in Cleveland, you know, you always hope this might be your year. We'll have to see about that. But that being said, always been and respected the Steeler Nation, uh, the organization, the tradition, and the history. But yes, um, I got to say, Dave, you've done your homework. Zebra Technologies, Zebra Sports, going into our ninth season uh, as the official uh, official tracker of player tracking for the National Football League, and now we are ready to um, pump things up for another season. We've got some neat things that we're going to be weaving into the technology, but you're absolutely right. We've been feeding next-gen stats for the last eight seasons. Um, every NFL stadium, every NFL player has the technology uh, to include the international games, so we've gone to great lengths to be able to 
to help collect what feeds the next generation of statistics. Uh, and, and you know, from one play, one play alone, 11 versus 11 on the football field, we are able to gleam and collect over 200 different data points that Ooh. are then filtered and tell those stories about max acceleration, separation and distance between a receiver and a um, defensive back, distance traveled per play. I mean, we could go on and on. It's fascinating stuff. All right. So tell us just briefly, because I know you could probably go into it really far. What's the basic technology? What exactly it is that, that you're doing and, and where you place the technology in order to get these data points? Yes. Great question to start off. So Zebra Technologies for next-gen stats collection, we are utilizing what is called real-time location services, and that is delivered through radio frequency identification. So RFID technology. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone has come across it at some point. Uh, you know, if you're traveling on the Easy Pass or down here in Florida on the Sun Pass, and you know, you go through and the Easy Toll and it hits your credit card and the payment, it's the same sort of technology in the sense that we use active RFID technology. So each player is wearing two tags that are embedded into their shoulder tags. Now I know that uh, your, your friends back home uh, listening here today, they won't be able to see the, the tag that I have here with you on video, um, but it is probably about the size of a, a nickel and it's about probably a quarter of an inch thick and it's got a zebra stamp, but this has a chip inside that pings and then it has a battery life. And we have a way to turn these on, turn them off. We assign them to each individual player so that when they hit the field, our antennas that are outfitted around the bowl of the stadium, of which we've calibrated the stadium using a, a laser finder, total station, we're using XY. So every coordinate, every single blade of grass that's within the boundaries of the football field, we account for it. Um, and so we don't miss it down. The football also has a chip inside. It has an RFID tag. So we can, we have accelerometer data. We have revolutions per minute, RPMs. So we're able to actually tell you the difference between a Ben Roethlisberger pass versus the Tom Brady based off of the signature of how the initial airspeed and then the revolutions that that ball is taking. Oh, wow. So, I mean, out of curiosity, how, how many, how often does it take the data point? Like, is it how many points per, per second or whatever? Do, do you know that off the top of your head? Like, or is it just a constant? I mean, how, how far down can you break it down oh, um, in I mean, seconds wise? Yeah, I mean, our, our engineers are, are taking everything down by the millisecond, right? So we're, and, and that may not even be doing it justice. Um, the engineers <laughs> could really get into the weeds, but being that it's real-time location, you know, solution, um, we're, we're tracking the players live during every NFL game, Thursday night, Sunday, Monday night football, the playoffs, uh, preseason. And then the other flip side of this is that about the third of the NFL clubs, they utilize Zebra's so- solution for player tracking um, with, as their own practice solution. So you have mm-hmm. clubs that use the same game day technology and they utilize that for managing the workload on the players during the course of the week. So it goes to the old adage, Dave, you know, when you and I were growing up and your listeners and if the coach said, hey, today's going to be a hard practice. Well, how did you really evaluate? Was that a hard practice compared to the last hard practice? Well, now with player tracking, you, you can actually quantify, you know, distance traveled, percent of max speed, um, all these different little, the amount of break time that you're out there on the field. You can quantify all of that and you can come back and say, hey, Dave, um, 
you know, we were looking at the practice from this morning, or actually what's great about our solution is that it's real time. We have folks, the, every team now has a director of sports performance or a director mm -hmm. of uh, science technology, and they're out there on a tablet and they're watching your performance in real time. And if they see that somebody's a step off or a second off their traditional times, they could say, hey, What's the reason for why are you bird dogging today? I was going to say, or, oh, someone's dogging it in practice. That's today. <laughs> it. That's it. Say, hey, look, no, we need you to be crisp. We need you to be hitting that break, that five-yard break at, you know, X, Y, Z. Oh, well, because another, you know, just popping into my mind is if a player is, you know, coming back from injury and you want to know yes. how, how, how far how, – are they off their game in this comeback? Well, you can track that in practice. I'm going to go out on a limb here. <laughs> and I'm going to say I have a feeling that the Pittsburgh Steelers are not one of the teams doing this in practice because it just doesn't sound like a Coach Tomlin thing that he would want to get all this numerical data from practice just in order to, to, know, to know what players are working. I'm, I, uh, I'm, I don't know if you have a list of teams or if you're even allowed to say, but that's just my, my first thought when, you, when I heard that. So, um, you know, if you were a betting man, that's, um, that's something to take into consideration. I can tell you, um, you know, we don't get into the full list of, mm -hmm. of the clientele. Um, but I, you know, the old adage is there's two types of coaches and GMs in the league these days. There are those that subscribe to data analytics and to player tracking. Mm -hmm. And then there are former coaches and GMs. And so to coach Tomlin <laughs> here is they may not be utilizing a, a zebra solution. Um, so zebra, ours is RFID. We are mm -hmm. the official partner and provider of player tracking for the NFL going into our ninth season. There are other systems that are used for player tracking, um, but I'm here to say they are not as uh, robust. They are not real-time yes. location services. And um, they are not as sleek and compact as ours. And so, therefore, they're not as accurate. Um, so there are some other things out there. And, and I'm not sure what the Steelers are using. Mm -hmm. But um, I do believe they have some folks that are part of, you know, data analytics and collection. So what at the minimal, they are at least taking the game day data and you hope someone is looking through yeah. it. And I think that they are. Um, as I said, I think Coach Tomlin's a, a smart enough coach that he's got people that give him. It's, all, it's a tool for the toolbox. And exactly. different coaches you know, manage it a different way. I can tell you, for example, and it's out there, um, you know, the, the Los Angeles Rams, previous you know, Super Bowl mm -hmm. champions, um, they are a partner of Zebras. And you know, Coach McVay is all about big data. It is a part of the solution. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not. The, the golden goose that they go to uh, for all their decisions, but they utilize that as a collection point in how they make decisions. And I'm sure the Steelers are doing a bit of that as well. Yeah. Well, Coach Tomlin was quoted as saying, you know, the analytics are a part of the equation, yes. not the part of the equation. Yes. So, which which I kind of understand because as, as a former uh, football coach myself, you know, there's only so much you can do. You, you still got to go out there and you've got to line up across from somebody else and you've got to make plays. But this is great information. Now, what I want to know is when it comes to the next gen stats, do you all just collect the data and pass it over to the NFL or are you involved with, with uh, the analyzing it um, and that part of it? Yeah, so our role is the collection of the data, the raw okay. data. We collect that raw data and we provide a, a link to the NFL as well as during the telecast, for example, the Sunday A, a game or Sunday night football, Monday night football, uh, we will also put up our stream to the broadcast so that they can integrate that data into the telecast. And that's where, therefore, your your analysts will be able to you know show you a next-gen stats highlight, um, you know, 
from a 100-yard kickoff return, and they'll show you that the max speed was 21.7 miles per hour. And, and oh, yes, a 100-yard kickoff return was actually 147 yards because mm -hmm. of the zigzag and the way that mm -hmm. the players are running across the field. So that's our role. We collect the data. We are the best at what we do. And what's interesting is how we got here is we took the same technology that we were using in logistics, transportation, manufacturing. For example, Fortune 500 companies that had you know large warehouses with widgets and engines, and um, they wanted to know how many parts that they had of XYZ. They were able in real time to know how many they had. And then when they hit a threshold, they could reorder for their supply chain. So mm -hmm. that's where it all started. And it also has safety features. For example, you could designate areas where you don't want an employee getting too close to a compactor or to the dock when a truck is there. So Zebra does some really neat things where we were able to integrate what we were doing for you know, delivering a performance edge in manufacturing, logistics, warehousing, and then you know, augment that to be able to track you know, the most important asset in the NFL, the players. Yeah. Now, what, when the second half of the show, we're going to dive into what you all did with the Senior Bowl and some of the um, analysis you did there. But before we do, what what would you say are the top things that the NFL does with the information you provide? I, I know you've talked. Well, first of all, for you nerds of steel out there, um, when you're talking about 147 yards, you're, what's great is you're you're finally talking about distance and not displacement. You're actually figuring out the distance traveled and all that yes. good stuff, not just not just how far was it from A to B. So you've got information like that. You can and you said even tracking the ball. Are you talking? Are you talking about? You, so far, you mentioned acceleration, um, top, top, probably some top inline speed, ball rotation, um, throw velocity. Do you even get like altitude and everything along with the ball and, and everything? We do. So that brings in the, the Z portion of it okay. all, right? And so we'll look at, yeah, you know, max distance of throws, but also in punts and hang times. You know, oh, yes. there's all these different metrics that you can bring into play. Um, and that's where we've you know, delivered for the NFL and will continue to deliver and evolve with them on identifying, we collect all these data points. And then to your point in the question, so next gen stats, if, if the group, the listeners haven't been to the next gen stats NFL site, you have to go. Oh, there. you're missing out. They tell some <laughs> really crazy cool stuff. stories. Yeah. <laughs> they tell some really cool stories. It's kind of the story behind the data. Right. Um, and, it's really fascinating for us as fans, even as the players, as I talk to the players, they're checking out the site. And the other cool thing about this too, Dave, is that players are getting smart. If, and for those that use the practice solution, if they listen to the coaches and it's all about you know tapering and being 100% ready for Thursday night, Sunday, or Monday night football, think about this. You know, Back in the day, folks, Herschel Walker, right? And they would just work. They were work the bus. They would just work hard every day, right? Mm -hmm. And that puts a wear and tear and a toll on the body. Now, today's athlete, if you're tracking your sleep and you're tracking your diet, why wouldn't you want to track your practice performance, right? And so if you do that and you listen to your your director of sports performance, they will get you ready for Sunday and game day, but they will also very likely prolong your career. By doing all yeah. these things and looking at, you know, for a practice on a Wednesday, if they want your number one receiver to um, only hit, you know, 75% of their max speed on Wednesday's practice, that player knows what 75% is, right? So they know not to overdo it so that they can get the blood flowing, that the legs get appropriate amount of speed, turnover, mileage, if you will, and then they're ready to go as they continue the next schema for the next day. And so if you look at teams that are using practice uh, player tracking data, they typically have less injuries 
when it comes to just soft tissue injuries that aren't a contact injury. And that's something important to, um, you know, look at as an assessment point. Yeah. And there, there's so much more that you can take away from this than just statistics. Like I, I'm thinking of off the top of my head, a running back. You might not want your running back to take more than X number of hits in a season. So not, so now you're not just, you know, tracking carries or things like that. You can actually track the number of times it would register as what would be a significant hit, right. not just in a game, but even in practice, in if there's practice. something going on there. And I mean, I know sometimes older Steelers fans would complain about Franco Harris, which was before my day. I never got to watch Franco <laughs> live um, just because I'm, I'm, I'm old, but I'm not that old. Um, sorry, old Steeler fans out there. But some of them would complain that sometimes he would go out of bounds. And I'm like, if nowadays you can track those kind of things, like the hits a player Absolutely. take. Same yeah. with wide receivers. So is that is that some pretty good data that, that you guys can can pop out with that? Absolutely. That's all part of it. I mean, we track every aspect of the game to even how long the huddle is. Oh, wow. Yeah. How <laughs> long is the line set for? I yeah. mean, you know, there are some teams, you know, Dave, as you get into the third and the fourth quarter and teams are wearing down, right, and you're either driving or strategy – is oftentimes, and this is an easy one, but um, what they'll do, because they know, let's say a third down's coming up, second down in 12, and you run the ball, what you do is you run the ball to your sideline. You know why? Because when they place it on the hash, your substitutes have less Are, amount yeah. of distance to run than the opposing team. Oh, trust me. I I, I know that. The, well, the hash marks aren't as wide. In the they're not, yeah, they're only five yards. In high school, but yeah. Right. But yeah, the, that's, that's exactly right. So... Um, Another question before – oh, go ahead. ahead, Just to your point, though, there are so many things that can be quantified, and, you know, it is tacticians, and there's a battle plan. And to Coach Tomlin's point, and I subscribe to this too, it is a part of the overall schema. And then over time, you refine these things because the data won't lie, right, from performance. um, And and there's other things that that tie into it. You know, for example, we've seen – and this is a really interesting one in today's world – where, you know, we had a team that was a practice solution. I know we got to get the break here soon. But uh, a a marquee player came in, and um, all the numbers were off. They knew he wasn't sick. They knew he wasn't injured. And so they came over, and they talked to him. And then it turns out that, uh, you know, he and his wife got into an argument, and it was weighing Mm -hmm. on his mind. So mentally – he wasn't there. Physically, he was, he was he there, was but mentally, he wasn't behind, there. Probably, right. Yeah. And so they said, hey, go in and uh, go get a stretch and go call your wife and work it out so that you're at peace. And when you're ready, come back to practice. Oh, my goodness. But I mean, using numbers to get that kind yes. of information is, yes. is insane. Player so wellness. I, I got to take it one but, but before we transition to the, to yeah. the second half. I've got to take it one step further. Are teams, do teams have access? Now, obviously not the practice data, but do teams have access to the game data of their opponents? Yes, they do. In 2018, (laughs) the NFL, the competition committee agreed that every team, just like video is available from every game, the player tracking data will be available to every team. And then it's up to every team to determine what to take away from it. I mean, because to me, I would want to have somebody analyzing that data of my opponent, because if you know, um, you know, whether it's their their silent count or or tenants or how long they are to break the huddle, things like that, even that kind of information could really help you out going into a game, realizing, you know, 
just just one of those things to kind of know what's going to be happening there. So that's that's some really fantastic stuff. But we're going to go ahead and and take our break because when we come back, you have Senior Bowl data, which means we've got some specific data to talk about with uh, some new members of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So stick around and we'll be right back. Welcome back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. We are here with Adam Petrus from Zebra Sports and Zebra Technologies that is responsible for the NFL Next Gen Stats. But not only that, they have also, since 2018, been doing the same tracking technology for the Senior Bowl. Now, Adam, I got to ask, since it's for the Senior Bowl, are you guys the ones who break down this data, rather like with the NFL, you pass that off here. Yes. You're the ones doing the, the yes. analysis yourself, yes, we right? Do. We do it all. So we do from the installation to then the game day tracking and then analysis and, and then sharing with the entire uh, league. All right. Well, and, this is great because yeah. we've got three, three players drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers that participated in the senior bowl and that, that, that we have data for right now. And that is quarterback, Kenny Pickett from the first round. Yes. Then we have um, wide, wide receiver, Calvin Austin, the third, our fourth round pick and the Steelers sixth round pick of Connor Hayward, who will always be known as Cam's little brother, no matter what. I, <laughs> I, I do a different podcast with my brother, who's my older brother. And I'm, even though I'm the one who, who uh, runs the website, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's always the big brother, no matter what. No, You're never no going to get away from that, right? I, I know. I'm a little brother it. myself. So. Yeah. So, so Connor's uh, – I, I hate to tell Connor that, but it's going to be – I, I was able to glance over some of this data that, that you have. You, thank you so much for, for letting me you know, peek at that before we spoke. And I've already come to you know, an overall conclusion with each player based ah, on the data. Very good. But, but we'll get to that. Let's kind of break it down a little bit. Let's start off with Kenny Pickett. Yes. What kind of what kind of stuff do you think really kind of stood out with Kenny Pickett from the data you all got from the Senior Bowl? So Kenny Pickett, I like Kenny Pickett, and yeah. you know, I had the I had the fortune of being down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, and um, we had a great week of practice tracking and then on game day beautiful day there in mobile for for game day certainly kenny got a lot of looks and uh, kenny's a talented quarterback and there were some other notable names there too you know i think malik willis Willis. had a lot of eyes on him and certainly you know the difference between he and malik are the style plays different malik oh yeah is a very mobile and he's a fast quarterback i want to say malik is one of the fastest uh quarterbacks of all time to go through the senior bowl but you know kenny's arm strength in in my opinion uh, when it when you look at, you know, initial airspeed, you look at highest initial airspeed uh, during the team period that we saw on Tuesday practice. You know, he came out at 71 miles per hour um, and he was a fourth among all the quarterbacks in 2022 where, you know, Malik was a few miles per hour faster. But Kenny yeah. was right up there. But the interesting thing is that his uh, his spin rate now, you know, the old the old adage that that guy can really spin it. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Kenny Pickett can throw a tight spiral, in my opinion. <laughs> Based off the data, he's throwing initial airspeed at 71 miles per hour, and then his revolutions per minute is 674.2. So this ball is a nice tight spiral. And so when I look at things, playing in Pittsburgh, off the river, you have wind, you have snow, it's raining in November, December, uh, and he needs to make a tight, crisp throw. I am going to say he's going to be able to do it based off of what we saw during his senior bowl week. Now, of course, there's mechanics and there's everything else that yeah. go into it. Um, but when you look at, you know, arm strength, you know, overall, you know, the next gen stats, if, if, the, if your listeners go to their site, they did a nice little review where they do, you know, quarterback athleticism score to then a grading system. And, you know, Kenny scored up at an 84%, which is, which is good. And so if you look at, you know, his, his speed on, on foot, he's got a scramble, you know, he's got more like Tom Brady's speed at 15 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Josh Allen just from three years ago was at 18 miles per hour. Um, but let's take Justin Herbert from the Chargers, who had a great, um, you know, inaugural season. He mm-hmm. was at 15 miles per hour. It was 15, so, technically 15. pretty much the same. Seven. Very oh, yeah. similar. So he can get out of the pocket and he can make the throw. So I think of those things, you know, the Steelers are, are going to get some value from the, the quarterback dynamics when you look at those different metrics. Yeah, and this I, I just found it interesting that overall looking at these numbers, I'm like, well, like Malik Willis basically had the edge on all the numbers except for that spin rate. Yes. And it, I, I think it's interesting because Coach Tomlin, when when Ben Roethlisberger was coming off of injury, he's like, ah, he doesn't have as tight a spiral as I'm used to. So that is something that, you know, with his eye, he likes sure. to see. So. Sure. When it came to Kenny Pickett, my my overall conclusion was he's not going to be – he wasn't going to come out and blow everyone away with having these best type of numbers. Right. But they – but they they like we said before, they paint part of the picture. So right. even like a Malik Willis is going to come out – what was he? He was over 20 miles an hour in his speed, right? He was, I mean, yeah. it was, yeah. It was crazy. So – Very fast. So with with that, you would say, oh, well, wouldn't you want someone like Malik Willis? Well, one thing that I don't know that you all were measuring here is what you would get was is accuracy and and things of that nature. Um, Because as Kevin Colbert, he went out of his way to say, oh, the Steelers, you know, quarterback accuracy is most important. It's really hard to teach accuracy at the NFL level. I mean, you can you can hone it in. But if you're not accurate in college, it's hard to go to NFL and then all of a sudden be pinpoint accurate. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And so, look, this is just one data point. But take the senior bowl game itself. Kenny Pickett completed six of six passes for 89 yards and had a 20-yard touchdown pass mm-hmm. for the national team in the first quarter. Right, he, he made his appearance, but he went six of six. He was selective on the throws, 89 yards. Um, so to your point, he made smart decisions on the route tree. Mm-hmm. He moved the ball down the field, scored a touchdown, um, whereas you know I thought Malik Willis – was going to put on a show and demonstrate, but it wasn't as fine-tuned uh, as I thought, as I would have liked for him. Yeah. And so, you know, hey, my question back to you, do you, do you, who do you think is going to have the, well, we'll see how much playing time happens, but between Malik Willis and Justin Her- or Kenny Pickett, um, who would you have liked to have seen? Were you happy that? with the call? I, it's so funny because I say this over and over when it comes to the draft, and that is, I don't fall in love with anyone 
because I fall in love with Pittsburgh Steelers. There's too many times that that, that um, part of our well community, said. they fall in love with a prospect, and next thing you know, he's wearing those disgusting purple and black colors. I mean, that <laughs> happened with a couple of players this year. Yes, it's happened last yes. year, the year before. So I try not to fall in love with anyone, but I prepare myself for what I think the Steelers might be doing. I was prepared for the Steelers to take Malik Willis, but I didn't expect Kenny Pickett to also be there and available. So I like the fact that the Steelers had their choice of who they wanted the most. And the numbers say one thing. When it comes to Kenny Pickett, I think what, what you have there is someone who is more more accurate. And Ben Roethlisberger didn't have good numbers the last several seasons when it, when it comes to these type of things. But when you when the Steelers were down with a minute and a half yes. left in the game and he got the ball, you had faith that he had, was going to give them a chance to win. So that's why the numbers are, are part of the story. So I think when it comes to Kenny Pickett, his numbers don't blow you away, but they also don't raise any red flags. That's that's the biggest thing that, that I see from from his kind of numbers. Dude, was that, I, is that accurate? Yeah, no, that's absolutely accurate. And look, you know, others agree. The the NGS, the next gen stats, you know, grade was an 84. So that puts him mm-hmm. at good, right? And yeah. that goes to everything that you talked about as far as mechanics, the ability to roll out, the ability to to run if necessary, but overall, you know, decision making and being accurate. Um Look, that's what you need in a franchise quarterback. Yeah. I mean, when when I interviewed Ike Taylor, he said, what, what does seven bring more than anything? Above the neck. And he says, and that's what the Steelers need more than anything. So I, I, I like that with Kenny Pickett. But if you want to talk about where the numbers really matter. Oh, yes. Then you talk about Calvin Austin the third Because the yes. first numbers that people see with him is, well, I mean, some places have him as high as 5'9". That's pretty generous. He's probably <laughs> under 5'8", right? under yeah. 200 pounds. I mean, he might he's like 170 pounds. I've- I've got him at 5'8", 170 pounds. Okay, so yeah, that's, I mean, some, the Steelers website has him a little bit higher. Well, you know, they tend to do that, that, right? Yeah, yeah, they do. But my goodness, these numbers are, this, to me, if you're talking about wanting to use the numbers to decide what you think of a player, this is where the numbers really tell you. If you ignore the height and the weight and just go with these other things, my goodness. Anything you want to say that stands out with him? Okay. Yes, I do. Uh, Austin is fast, yeah. right? I mean, we all know the stories of the cheetah, right? The ability mm-hmm. to break a busted play and find himself wide open because he's got these fast twitch muscles and he gets open. Look, I think Calvin Austin can be an absolute weapon. You know, uh, what's interesting, and for your listeners, so we've been tracking every NFL game for the last eight season going into our ninth. This year, we did a pilot with the NFL at the combine. So all players that ran the 40 were wearing our RFID tags um, mm-hmm. in their compression shirts. So it was a, it was a pilot season. The NFL got all the data. It's not being released, but I just want to tell you that, you know, during the course of the tracking and certainly he had one of the fastest times of the 40, but um, what we saw from him was some really fast NFL speed. Yeah. And I think you're going to be excited to, to see that as the season unfolds. Yeah, and the biggest number that stood out for me was his acceleration rate. Yes. It seems like he just he gets up to speed so fast. 
He can get up to speed fast, and then I also have to tell you that he can sustain that max yes. speed. Yes, he's a, he's a two hundred meter person. runner. That, that tells you yes. everything you need to know. Yeah, no, exactly. He can sustain, and so you know we had his max acceleration at five point eight six yards, so almost six yards. When he gets the top speed, he's sustaining that, and that is the difference in being able to to create separation to make that catch over the shoulder or to make a move and get open. And um, that is a that is a vital weapon. So whoever your starting quarterback is, and if he's in that rotation. Big plays can be can, are going to happen. You know, Antonio Brown was always he was amongst the best in the next gen stats era of being able to break um, separation after yes. ten yards. So we'll see what he does there. And then also we have this this metric called fast accelerations, mm-hmm. and um, he also is always working. He the fast twitch muscles in his body allows him to constantly be accelerating, which is another great asset to to what he's doing. Um, and so what's interesting from the senior bowl, you know, he's amongst second amongst senior bowl wide receivers all time in an individual practice session to have, you know, 51 fast accelerations during one session. Yeah. And another thing that stood out, you, you said about the max acceleration. Did I see the note right on this, that this is the fastest among wide receivers all time in the senior bowl that you all have? So I'll have to cross reference that, <laughs> yeah. but for a wide receiver, yes, yes, yeah, it is. That's, that's insane. That's, that's pretty good. So that's what the Steelers were getting. I, to me, I've said it before. I like this draft pick as fourth round. Cause it was, the, it was, yeah, fourth round. And it wasn't their first wide receiver. They took to go yeah. ahead and take George Pickens in the second. If Calvin Austin came out as your only wide receiver out of the draft, you'd be like, Oh, all you got is a guy that's, you know, five, eight, if he's lucky. And yeah. that's going to be your answer. No, the Steelers already got the six, three guy and they had yeah. the five, eight guy. I love, you know, it, it's where it goes together. Uh, the numbers yes. fit together better for me with that one. But let's go ahead and try to – oh, go ahead. No, I, I absolutely agree with that assessment as far as the comparison, right? And yeah. we're talking a fourth-round pick, and he's got a tiny frame but blazing fast. And yeah. and if you look at what other players of his size have been able to do in the NFL, um, like Hill, I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of potential if if he's utilized the right way. Yeah, it's it's all going to be, does it come together in the right way? He does seem more like a football player who also did track, not just a track guy that's trying to do football. Right, right, um, right. And that's important too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there, there's a lot of, like you say, it's that, it's that killer P word, that potential. There's a lot of potential there, but I'm okay with potential in a fourth-round draft pick. There's also some potential in the Steelers' sixth-round draft pick, but not in the manner that everyone might think <laughs> when you look at the numbers when it came to Connor Hayward. We'll go ahead and finish up with, with him. Sure. Now, from what I understand, you all com- were comparing him um, with the running backs as much as anything uh, when, it, when it came to breaking a lot of this stuff down. Yeah, we did, just a, a, a bit. Um, as far as some, some relative um, – categories running backs tight ends kind of get grouped together in yeah. a collection and so you know we, we were looking at some of some of his metrics and his numbers and we grouped them in that pool so whether or not you consider that fair because certainly a tight end to tight end aspect would be appropriate such as mm-hmm. running back to running back uh, but what we did find you know we had him you know with a max speed at the senior bowl of 18.65 miles per hour so believe me, that's 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 moving. That's consistent yeah. with what you see at the position. Um, he would be sixth fastest all time amongst tight ends at the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, we think that he'll be more of an H back, if anything. Than that's, a traditional that's, that's my conclusion. Back. That yeah. 
he doesn't really fit when you compare him to the running backs, he doesn't really fit there. But when you compare him to the tight ends, he doesn't really fit there. The numbers show he's a hybrid. He's that H-back. He's going to be something else. Because if you go by the numbers, he doesn't really fit in either spot. Is that safe to say? Yeah, no, that's absolutely safe to say. You know, when we were looking at one of the reference points, we were looking at, you know, Darrell Williams. You know, he's currently a free agent, but formerly with the Chiefs, that he might be mm-hmm. a good comparison now. He was 5'11", 224 pounds mm-hmm. uh, versus, you know, 5'11", 233 pounds. Uh, a versatile player with the Chiefs in their offense. Now, Williams' fastest speed of 17.5 miles per hour in 2018, um, where he also happened to run the same 40 as Hayward did. So you're looking at there's okay. NFL potential there for for being able to contribute to the overall you know offensive scheme. Yeah, I I think he's going to be you know. I, if he gets well, first of all, a six round draft pick. I always look at from the fifth round on. It's it's really a question whether or not they're even going to make the team. When a fourth round player gets cut, that's yeah. a different story. That's a, that's more of a big deal. But when you get to fifth, that's kind of in, in that middle area. If a sixth or a seventh doesn't make the team, that that happens all the time. So there's some people that think he's a lock. There's some people that think he's got a long way to go. Some are wanting to put him at fullback. Some are wanting to put him at, at tight end. I really think that Connor Hayward doesn't. I mean, and then, and I like that the numbers back this up, that he doesn't really fit that role in all of those. But I also don't see him as a guy that's going to be eating up, you know, 30 snaps in a game. I don't know that he's going to be utilized in that way. But he's one of those players that can come in and do various things. So I don't really know what else to say about Hayward is other than, yeah, he's not exactly a running back, but I, I don't really know to, you know, if he's got to fit into a category, Right. That's a tough. That's a tough thing to do. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And so it'll be interesting to see how he is utilized when he's utilized. I I will go back to some of the data on him as far as you know when we looked at his max acceleration, he was at four point nine two yards. So he almost was at a five yard max speed. Mm-hmm. So you know reference points and comparisons. You know Brian Robinson Jr. was five point two six. We talked about Darrell Williams. He was at five point one nine. And then uh, Mikhail Hasley at the 49ers was 4.55. So he's in the middle of all those things that you would do um, for, you know, position-wise. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not asking crazy stuff out of a sixth-round pick. If his numbers came out and lined up more with the running back or more with the tight end – he probably wasn't going to be going going to be available in the sixth round. It's sure. just kind of kind of where he is. Yeah. So I think, I think you have to look at him. You know, if he's a workhorse in practice and can and that can transfer into the game and and add value, then you know, very possible he's going to find himself on that roster and be and, and serve a need. Yeah. So that that's that's interesting. But this I, I love data. I really do. I just love data. Um, I, I always can't wait for the preseason because I want new data to analyze just about players and everything else. And, for sure. And look at look at everything. So it, I really want to thank you so much for for coming on with me this week. Um, this has been oh, it, it's been fantastic. I just I just love crunching numbers and, and analyzing things. Um, is there is there anything you would like to you know plug specifically or or any way that um, or, or just to share in general about Zebra sure. Sports or yourself or anything before we yeah, close and, out here? And Dave, thanks again for having me on. Uh, really uh, enjoy the conversation. 
Uh, love talking to the Steeler Nation. As he told, I am a fan. Although I'm from Cleveland, born and raised, <laughs> I have nothing but respect for the organization. And, uh, you know, my time with Zebra and supporting Next Gen Stats, I've gotten to know the staff and the equipment staff really well. Great people over there. So I wish you guys a good season. Um, hey, perhaps as we get into the season and there's new data based off of some of these players and performance, we can have another chat and talk about the data. But to your listeners at home, certainly um, if you haven't been the Next Gen Stats, you got to check it out. And if you're a fan of technology and sports coming together you know zebra technologies is a leader in real-time location services and player tracking um, come check us out come to the website at www.zebra.com you can find us on instagram you can find us on linkedin uh, and we'd love for you to uh, learn more about what we do at zebra technologies and how we touch uh, the greater enterprise of everything that you guys interact with so just one final note about Zebra is, um, although this might be the first time you're hearing about us today, Dave, you know, Zebra Technologies, um, we're a part of the American fabric. When you go to the grocery store, it's very possible that the scanner that checks out the barcode and the food is made by Zebra. When you get yeah. a overnight delivery to your doorstep and an email in your email, email inbox, that mobile computer, that handheld device, Zebra builds that. So we're in the big box stores with inventory management solutions to mobile computers to printing out labels um, for overnight deliveries. So it's a really fun, um, fun solution that we bring to the table, but nothing really beats, you know, technology and sports together. So hope to do this again sometime, Dave. Thanks for having me and uh, have a great show. All right. Thank you so much. And yes, we'll definitely get you back um, if you're if you're able to do that during the season, because anytime we can talk geeky numbers, we are ready for it. it. So, yes. so 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 thanks again for, for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me. Cheers. So there you have it, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I hope you enjoyed that interview half as much as I did, because if you did, you're going to really love it, because that was a great time talking some technology behind everything, talking about those numbers with some of the Steelers draftees. It was just some good, exciting stuff. Maybe we can get some numbers like that dealing with the Pittsburgh Steelers throughout the regular season. We'll see. But I really, really, uh, once again, I really would like uh, to thank Adam Petrus from Zebra Sports with Zebra Technologies for coming on and talking about those things. So, wow, we've gone over. That's fine for this time because uh, hopefully you all appreciated that. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say except how I always finish it up. Thanks for geeking out with me. We'll see you next time.